Welcome to Realoran International Ministries Incorporated with Anne Elizabeth, where real people meet a real God. The place of the impossible. Are you there tonight? Are you there today? I don't know where you are. Are you in the morning? Are you at twilight? Is it 2 a.m. or is it 7 p.m. or what nation are you in? Are you in the United States or maybe you're over there in England? Who knows? Maybe for that matter, you're on the coast called the Amalfia Coast in Italy. You know, that's a place that I always wanted to go. I'm not gone yet, so it's still on my bucket list, so to speak. I hear it's a gorgeous place. But the place we're going to talk about is called the place of the impossible. Have you ever reached this location? Have you ever arrived to this location called the place of impossible? I think if we have lived uh, a good 20 years or longer on the earth, we have all arrived at the place called impossible. And it's amazing how we all are different. And given the fact that many of us don't know a thing about faith, our reactions to this place can vary from one person to the other. As we read through the Bible, we can see many people have arrived at this location called the place of impossible. Say that with me, the place of impossible. Many of us look around at this place. We've arrived and we start biting our nails or many people that don't know better will start going to the liquor store and downing vodka tonics or gin, or maybe it's like, well, this isn't enough to calm my nerves. So I'm going to go and I'm going to drink straight whiskey right out of the liquor cabinet of my brand new home that I think is so special if we don't know better. You know, it's amazing what we do when we don't know better or we don't understand or nobody's ever clearly point blankly told us the facts of life. What are we supposed to do when we arrive at the place of the impossible? Are we supposed to go to the vaping store and, and, and get some snuff or worse yet, a pack of cigarettes or forget that. Let's just go to the weed business, right? We don't know what else to do except numb the fear that radiates through our body like a locomotive train going the fastest rate we've ever seen down the middle of a New York City subway. What do we do? This is impossible. Maybe you got the doctor's report and, oh no, you got the dreaded cancer. You have cancer and you have two weeks to live. What do you do? What are you supposed to do? Maybe go to happy hour? Maybe down a few martinis? How about just stop off at the strip club and pick up a prostitute? 
the last thing anybody wants to do is face truth. Facing truth can cause a lot of problems emotionally within us. There's no doubt about it. That's why God has stated over and over in the Bible, fear not. But do we listen to God? Do you ever open your Bible and read the book God gave to all humanity throughout every nation on how to live here, what to expect, how to get through, how to cope without dope, and what can we expect from God as his creation here? Who is God? Or should we just continue shooting ourselves up with needles, having sex with anything that moves, deciding that we want to change our gender because we're confused, not realizing the demonic kingdom that flies around this earth all the time, trying to seduce and persuade mankind to destroy themselves in any way they choose at the moment, you know, through heroin or Maybe you've even gotten up to fentanyl and maybe you're into marijuana that you have now continued to use past God's expiration date of going from heroin to marijuana to sober. But you're at a place called impossible because as you look at your bills on the counter and your heart rate starts to pace and you don't know what to do at the place of the impossible. How am I going to pay these bills? And so you go over to your cabinet and your hand is shaking as you're pouring yourself another straight up whiskey. Like that's going to stop the problem. You know, the good thing about God is he has never left us without answers. It's just that we don't apply his answers to our personal places of impossible. The good news is that God wrote a contract, a covenant with humanity. It states, if you will do this, I, God, will do that. But because we don't read the covenant, the contract as stated within the Bible, we skip over God's help and God's holiness, which means his sinlessness, and brush him away as a bad aroma of some kind. It's something we just don't want to deal with as we rush off into our frenzies and cope to our own death because we refused the truth of the contract, the covenant that God has with each and every individual he's ever made upon the earth. Very sad indeed, isn't it? So in order to eliminate the crazy things that we do on a daily basis, we need to break open the Bible and we need to say, you know, God, I'm at a place Oh no, I'm at a place of the impossible. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do about money. And God says, that's okay. Open up my Bible and I'll teach you what to do with money and what you should expect from me concerning your finances.
you know, God has clearly stated, seek me first, put me as your priority and all the things in life that you need will be added to you. And they're added by God as he directs our path and supplies our needs until the day he takes us off the earth and we arrive in an amazing place called heaven. I got to see it in 2001. And for any out there that haven't read Real God, my testimony, you can purchase that book tonight at www.realaron.org and take the trip that I took and you'll have the relief that I received from God knowing and landing in the place that's absolutely stunning and unbelievably real. So now we can get rid of the fear of dying as everybody does. Did you know that 107 people every minute die? Just think about that. How many minutes have we spent together on this podcast? 107 people per minute. And one day you're leaving too. And I hope that you look up to God and say, God, please wash me of my sins and come into my life. Be my father. Jesus is going to be my savior. And I'm going to pick up the Bible full of the answers to the places of the impossible. And I'm going to believe you. And I'm going to go the direction that you told me to take to get to the solution you want me to have so that I don't run around with my head cut off and hyperventilating and upset all the time as I slam my bedroom door and chew out my husband that doesn't know either. I think we both need to, as a couple, read the Bible together so that we can trust God, follow his directions in the place of the impossible is now called God's place of possible. Say that with me. God's place of possible. There's nothing, absolutely nothing that God cannot do. We know by biblical accounts, 25 years Sarah waited for a baby. But you know what? That baby landed in her arms and his name was Isaac. Joseph, he was thrown into a pit. He was there 14 some odd years. He didn't know how he would ever get out, but God told him, you'll see. And one day God cleaned him up and he became the king underneath the Pharaoh for the whole country of Egypt. He had been single and lonely all those years, but God married him to a beautiful girl, and he had a family, two of his own, and then he was reunited to his family, his father, and even the brothers that threw him away as maybe unnecessary trash in their life. But forgiveness came, and a happy reunion was the result. And then we look at Job. He was very blessed by God and one day, Satan told God that you take away everything he has and he will curse you to, his, to your face. He will stop serving you. God allowed it. And later, Job was stripped totally naked. 
But Job trusted in God. Though you slay me, I will trust you. Because Job knew God's heart. He knew his covenant, his contract. And he stayed on the road. And God blessed Job twice as much as he had before. Say, the place of the impossible is God's place of possible. And then we can see Moses as he went into the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and stood uprightly, trusting in the only power that could even rescue a man from going in front of the greatest power of a nation where Moses escaped from earlier, years earlier, 40 years earlier, for murdering someone. But God took him forward and told Moses, I will be with you as you tell Pharaoh to let my people go. As the Israelites were taken into captivity and slavery. Moses took them out. God brought them to a place of impossible called, oh no, how do we get across the Red Sea? It was called the place of the impossible. But what else was it? It was God's place of possible. As God parted the Red Sea for his Israelites to run through, Moses didn't need a raft or a big yacht or big massive naval ships. God himself parted the waters. And then we have the harlot Rahab. Was she given a new life by God or was she destroyed with Jericho? Rahab was definitely blessed by God because God wants to give all of us a new life and bring us out of the destruction that the world will encounter. Those that continue in their sin and rebellion against him will be washed away in a sea of fire eternally to God's sorrow and their regret. But Rahab said yes to God and she left Jericho and God gave her a brand new life with the Israelites. It was the place of impossible as Rahab probably day to day wondered how she could get out of her harlotry, how she could go on in a new world and a new life. She probably paced her place night and day and just wondered and speaking to God as maybe just someone she didn't know was listening, but he was listening. He was listening. You might be there tonight in your place of impossible and you wonder, is God listening? Can God do this for me? Can he rescue me out of this hellish place and my hellish lifestyle as he did Rahab and Give me a new life as well with his people? Oh, yes, God can. Because your place of impossible is God's place of possible. And then we go on to David. Did he remain a shepherd in his career? Or did he become king as God told him he would be? That looked like an impossibility as King Saul ran and chased after David to take down his life. And David cried out to the Lord in his place of impossible. How can I endure this, God? How can I stand this 
any longer. You promised me I would be crowned as king to rule your people under and with you for their benefit and profit. But when will this ever happen? But God reassured David, David, my covenant is real. You will be crowned king. Hold on. That is what God is stating to you tonight. Your place of the impossible is God's place of possible. You, yes, you, are to keep believing in him. Hebrews 11.6 reads as follows, But without faith, without believing in God, without knowing that God can do this because there's nothing impossible for God, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God, when you go to God with your impossible, you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So keep believing God no matter how many years, how many tears, or how many wrongs, because God will bring it to pass. Realeron International Ministries Incorporated appreciates all of its faithful covenant partners and wishes each and every one of you a beautiful life with Jesus. Please visit Realeron today at www.realeron.org.